Ready? Born ready. I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. Oh, Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of Cool and Conscious, um, where you essentially learn how to balance being cool and conscious in this world that we live in. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and start it off. You know, I wasn't here last week. Um, yeah, unfortunately, just schedules got misconstrued text messages didn't go through um but we're here this week shout out to just elders media a black owned black run media company that gets shit done um and i'm gonna go ahead and start off and tell you guys how i i feel uh, conscious perfect yes i do um I feel conscious because I was having a conversation with someone earlier today because I was volunteering at a job fair. Um, And there were so many different employers there and uh, maybe like 25 people showed up. Mind you, there are a lot of people without jobs. And so the conversation came about is, okay, what can we do so the turnout is better because there are people looking for work. There are people without work sitting at home trying to figure out what to do and how is it that the resources are here and people aren't taking advantage of them. Like I feel like that is a a problem just within not even just the human community, but in the black community. You have these resources that are constantly pumped out into the abyss of um poverty or povertyish, whatever the word is, um, communities. And so often the people in the communities don't get to take advantage of the resources. And so the person I was talking to was like, well, why? Like, that's their fault. You know, like that's their fault. Like we're here, they should be here. And so I kind of brought it up and I was like, well, you can't necessarily expect them to come out like it has to unfortunately it has to be put in their face on a regular basis like it has to be enticing and I feel like the world we live in it's not cool to work like it's not cool to have a nine to five it's not cool to have a job where you're working all day like that's just not the norm anymore and since that's not the norm and that's not cool now we have job fairs and people that need jobs don't come. (laughs) Um, And so I was explaining to them how we have to figure out a way to make it cool again. And he was like, okay, well, how do we do that? And I was like, we, it starts off with where you get your information from, where you source your information from and who you're listening to on a regular basis. Or if you're listening to certain um, public figures or celebrities or athletes or whatever you're listening to and whoever is your source for empowerment or motivation it has to start funneling down to those people and he's like well do you feel like it's their responsibility 
And I'm like, the black people, yeah, it's their responsibility. Now, I can't speak on any other community. I can't speak on the white people, the Asian people, the Latino people. The I can't speak on it because I'm not um, a part of those communities. But I can speak on the fact that most of the black public figures are where they are because of these communities, because of the communities that they come from. And so I personally feel like, yes, it's your responsibility to take care of the community once you have profited off the community, come out of the community, continue to exploit the community, and expect that community to continue to support you. Like, absolutely. Because there's no reason why, and I'm speaking on my neighborhood. Again, y'all, I usually only speak on stuff that I have personally experienced or I know someone that experienced or something that I have, like, a direct attachment to. The community that I am from, Pittsburgh of Atlanta, it's a, it's a small community. Shout out Pittsburgh. Um, but it's in the metropolitan area. So if you are familiar with metropolitan, this is the community I'm re referring to. I have a problem driving down the street because I I am literally turning my head every two seconds. Like, oh my gosh, they built that house. Oh my gosh, they bought that house. Oh my gosh, they changed that house. Oh my gosh, they're building townhouses. Oh my gosh, they're doing that. Oh my God. Like I am, oh my goshing every two seconds just driving down the street. And it's just a shame to me to see what my community has become and is becoming. Like they have townhomes on Metropolitan. Like that is absurd. Like to even think like, <clears throat> and they're building more. It's not like it's just one. They're building more and they're selling homes for a million dollars in Pittsburgh. The home I grew up in was foreclosed on for like, I think it was little or nothing foreclosed little of nothing. And they're selling homes on the street over for a million dollars. Like, so yes, I absolutely a hundred thousand percent feel like, think, believe, stand 10 toes on the fact that if you are black and you acquire a certain amount of success, it is your responsibility to take care of the community. That's it. Because the community got you there. Yeah. The different brand deals and 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 different like white representation that you acquired over time is helping keep you there. But the people that got you there deserve for you to preserve the community. Like <laughs> I don't understand how I'm asking for too much. Like, because at the end of the day, the chains that you have around your neck, the bitches that you flying out on these private jets, the money that you're spending on this vacation, like you could easily take that money. And put it into the community. You could easily shout out a a, a black business. You could e easily with the not even you don't even gotta type it if you just say it. And so it's like we've just come to a place where we don't even realize how much power our words have. We realize how much power our words have negatively. So people are like, oh, I don't want to speak negative because words have power. But people also aren't realizing how much words you have how much power your words have when you speak positively or when you put someone else on or when you just mention someone else's brand or mention that's why every episode I make sure I say it's a black owned black run company because it's important that you know the difference between a, a black owned white run company and a black owned black run company they're run completely different and it's so important that you know and so it's just like 
Man, I I I really wish that y'all could see the things that I see in my neighborhood because there's so many white people. There is a food truck, a food truck like spot off of Dill and Sylvan. Now, it's like multiple food trucks in this little park. It's like a little black food truck park. The lines are always long. There's never any trouble, never people fighting, stealing, nothing, nothing. Just stand in line and get food. Do you realize that they shut the food truck park down? Because white people called, started complaining. It shut down. Mind you, these are people's livelihoods. We're just coming out of COVID. So these people haven't really even been able to sustain because I know one of the food truck owners and he was saying like Cree's been really hard because we've been closed. And so it's just like to know that now the park is shut down because white people were complaining. It's like, fuck. So you come to our, our home not only do you displace us, but the businesses that we do have, we can't even have those. Like, it's like, just at what point are you going to be happy? And there's no, there's no balance in just going to what I always say. I don't understand how we could live in a, a black, like leader filled city and shit like that can happen. It's like, at what point are you going to just say, fuck the politics let me take care of my people. Like, I, like wh- I just want one person, one politician to say, fuck the politics. Let me take care of my people. Because at one point in time, the, poli- the black politicians did that. So how is it that we got this far to where the black politicians don't feel the need to take care of their people first? Considering that your people are the ones that got you there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is i don't know how we got here i don't know why we're here and i don't know how we get out of it i don't know man i don't the people gotta you know push back a little you know it's like the martin luther king thing like you know the only reason why the president could sign the law is because mlk and yeah so much pressure yeah it was just pressure so it's like if they shut down the park but then everybody protests until the park comes back, you'll force. Because sometimes, like you said, it's easy to sweep under the rug, especially in a black city with a black mayor because P just hosted birthday parties, right. black excellence, and we just had a black music hall of fame, so it's more black excellence in Juneteenth, but, like, nobody's pressuring. Like, the, the little council. shit. Like, it's like, yeah. it's a lot of little shit but going you gotta, on. You got to say it. Now, and. And maybe too because the the mayor is doing the thing with the housing. Like he's really he has a whole task force. AJC's been on these apartments next. Like I don't know if you've seen the recent AJC. They've been like exposing apartments. Like oh really? This many this many um complaints. It's not really owned by this company. It's owned by these shell companies. Like they're exposing. Wow. They're be doing it for like I think the rest of the summer. Um, one apartment Forest Cove got shut down it was so bad they had to move the people out wow so like the city is spending nine million dollars of course they're going to charge the company right but right now the city's like look we'll go in our pocket and move the people because it's so bad but that's only because those residents have been i feel like it's been about six months of protests like that's crazy you know what i'm saying so the the people also gotta like we the people yeah gotta, gotta help with the protest part too because if you don't say nothing you folks won't do nothing yeah 
Man, that is so true. And and I forget exactly what he said, but Tupac was saying something like, um, I may be the only one saying this right now. Like, hey, y'all, the street's dirty. The street is dirty. The street is dirty. The street is dirty. And nobody's listening. But he was like, eventually, somebody's going to get tired of me saying that this street is dirty. And they're going to come over here and clean this shit up. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? That is That is very true. And I feel like it goes back just to the art of consistency. A lot of us want want things and we think about things so much, but because we think about it and we tire ourselves out overthinking about it, we think that we put in the work because we've thought about it so much. But it's like you genuinely have to separate your thoughts and your actions and hold both of them accountable. Was I thinking super hard about this or was I working super hard about this? Because I feel like a lot of times we just think and our mind can child take us down a damn rabbit hole and we think that we didn't did something and then time to find out we just sat here the whole day. <laughs> but we're tired though. We're tired. So that makes us feel like we've really been doing something because our mind is tired. But it's like a hundred thousand percent if you want something done, you have to go at it relentlessly. Like you can't stop. You can't stop. You can't stop. You can't stop. Even when people tell you to stop. And I think about it, even just with the radio station. I went strong for a good, this is March, make August, a good almost seven months. And I was burnt out. I was tired. I was pooped. Pooped as a poop scoop. But thinking back, I'm like, I should have kept going. Like, because Tim still has a job. And so it was just like, okay, uh, okay. So another person protested, got tired, and went on about their life. But it's like, at what point are we going to stop just going about our lives? <laughs> going about our lives and being okay with shit that's not okay. Um, because now Juneteenth is a national holiday. Shout out to it being a national holiday, but I personally feel like the companies that weren't giving their employees a day off for Juneteenth, they need to be still held accountable. Like we can't keep sweeping shit under the rug. And then I personally feel like if you are not a direct descendant of a black you don't get Juneteenth off. This ain't what the, the fuck. Why why should you get Juneteenth off to go celebrate and make a mockery of Juneteenth? It don't mean anything to you. Yeah, I mean they already made a mockery too. If you right. Year, yeah, like, they got the they got the wrong flag, the, like this the red, black, and green. Like nah, Juneteenth has its own like flag like they're its own like already trying to profit Texas, off of it and. Yeah. And having the Juneteenth napkins and but Juneteenth you know plates and tablecloths and shit. But let me ask you this, though. And I'm glad you're doing the podcast. You know, you're part of the conscious community. And I've been asking all my conscious friends this. Like, shouldn't it be okay, though? Like, you know, we celebrate Cinco de Mayo and St. Patrick's Day. And, you know, we might put on green and make everything green or go get tacos and tequilas. And we don't know I mean, me personally, I know I don't mm -hmm. want anything historically any of those days, but I know for sure, especially when I was in college, 
they were official turn up days, right? Mm-hmm. So now that you commercialize it and you put Juneteenth out there like that, you know, how do you feel? Because that's, I feel like it's kind of only bound to happen to be, oh, we get a day off and we get to turn up. Because think about Thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people I know don't really celebrate Thanksgiving and Columbus yeah. Day. Those are two main days that now, because we're so more aware, we don't really celebrate it, but we still take that day off. And we still Even eat. Fourth of July. And we still, yeah. I don't celebrate Independence Day that heavy, but I definitely catch me some barbecue. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I definitely take the day off if the day off is given, you know, and pay, especially the paid day off. Yeah. So, you know, we just still take advantage. So, you know, how you feel? I mean, this? I get what you're saying, but I still feel like white people don't need a day off. Like, and I stand, I stand on that because why? Like, like genuinely, what? So you get a day off and you get paid. So you get a paid day off to celebrate the fact that you and your family and your legacy oppressed these people, and there's still so much racial tension in this country. And it has not been settled. Like. Okay, those other things have been settled. Uh, independence and all of that. Like, those were settled. We're still fighting a race war right now. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that, you know, for black people going forward, let's not fall for the trick bag. Like, every year, the Juneteenth, until it's settled, we have to remind and bring it up and just let it be a stain on America's, like, jacket because, hell, you still got slavery in jails. Like, like so I'm like, there's so much still going on. And you think I'm about to celebrate Juneteenth? Like, I should. And that's the thing. So many people want to get rewarded for doing what they should do. You should be fucking nice to me. I'm a person. Like, I'm a person first. But when you see me, you see black. You don't see that I'm a person. And so, no, I can't celebrate Juneteenth with you because me celebrating it and you celebrating it, we're celebrating it for two different things. Yeah, I mean, and shoot, I, I'll go back even further from that, right? I don't even think you should be nice to me, but I think the government that I pay taxes to should protect me. Like, period. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like you got that and then you got the Juneteenth symbol of it. And what black people also need to do is heavily remind the Democrats that you. Passing this Juneteenth, Congress, the whole thing, passing this Juneteenth federal holiday is not on the agenda. List. Like, that like, was not, not, y'all did not run on that. Yeah, that's not that has, me to vote. Right, like, November. you were supposed to do that. Like, yet, like, yeah. I mean, real talk, I never, ever asked for it. I don't know any black people that really. Nobody asked, nobody petitioned for it. Like, yeah, I always liked it because it felt like a, it felt like a black secret thing. Like, hey, exactly. Y'all take off this day. Exactly. And you look up and you be like, damn, well, where are the black people at today? And you start noticing it more and more. But it's so like. It, it was more just like a us thing. And now it's an everybody thing. And it's just like, when it becomes an everybody thing, it gets watered down. It gets immensely diluted. Excuse me. It just and then it's a federal holiday, so you still got black people that got to work. Like, like, <laughs> like it's just like, like I just couldn't. I mm-mm. it did not feel the same. And then you also have a lot of black people just trying to profit off of shit. Oh, it's Juneteenth. Oh, Juneteenth. And it's like, 
But do you even know what it stands for, though? Man, like, did you even, like, go to any protest? Like, oh, so you couldn't go to any protest, but you can sell shirts? Like, shout out it, to, it's uh, just like, what? Shout out to uh, Just Elders. Especially Elders himself. He had a Dashiki party mm. for Juneteenth. He had yes. a real black party with real... Uh, I meant to say block party, but it was real black. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, seeing the other events that's been going on in the city, I mean, I, you know, this is your podcast, so I won't blast them out, but I saw an event that just literally disgusted me. It felt like a Rock Nation brunch, not like a what was it? celebration. I, I'll cut it out, but at the gathering spot. Oh. Like, Ebony came in. I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but mm-hmm. while they was performing, Ebony came. It was a Juneteenth celebration, but literally looked like the Rock Nation brunch. Cause folks had on like the pastels and like it was not June. Like it could have just been a regular Ebony event, right? You know what I'm saying? And then I heard from some people who were there while they weren't even really respecting it. Like he was texting folks on stage and running out, messing up his lyric. Like it was just a mess. Some but it was coonery. Coonery, but you also have the people who are playing into it. Yeah, and, which and makes it what, okay. Exactly. And I honestly, I was heavily considering, like, not being a member there anymore. Cause I don't, I don't. I mean, shout out to the Russell Center. I don't. Russell yeah, I'm like, I, I don't. It's not even the establishment. It is the the people that are there. And being that I was once immersed in that environment, I want to stay clear from it. And I never want to forget where I came from. And I feel like it's a lot of people in there that either forgot where they came from or don't know where they're going. And those are two very scary people to be around. If you forget where you came from, I can't tell you shit because you 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 don't know where you came. You can't teach me shit. Like there, there's no point in us even having a conversation if you don't know where you came from. I mean, I I feel like it's straight up a lot of ignorance on fire. Yeah, like I see a lot of people who when you when you have the initial conversation, they mean good, they sound good, and even in themselves, they feel like what I'm doing is going to help black people. And it's okay if I can partner with somebody who's not in our community. But then you start saying, it's okay if I open up, oh, I was making an app for just black people, but now I got this But money, now, and, and it's like, minorities. bro, black first. And that's what people don't, they, like when Ita Ray said, I'm rooting for everybody black, I felt that. I felt that, even saying it now, I'm getting chills because I felt that and I feel that every single day. Every I'm rooting for everybody black. That's the first thing on my mind. Shout out to Issa. Like saw her production, all black. Like that's the first thing I'm thinking about. Black. Mm -mm. Where the black people at? I had a conversation the other day with a guy, um, because apparently his brother is dating a white girl, and. We had a, a a very interesting conversation. He was like, I mean, I don't see nothing wrong with it. Like, I don't like, I mean, you know, like, it's a thing. Like, and I just, I I didn't really, I was just trying to listen to him. Because I was just like, okay, so how do you feel like that? Like, I was really trying to understand where he was coming from. And just hearing how black men really think about black women, it was very, very hurtful. 
Like, is he one of those like y'all too loud and y'all don't do this and they don't yes. listen? Yes, and I and and place. I and I told him I said you know what that's because but white women poison. I, I said and that's because you have been around the wrong people. I said so because you neglected to go out and find someone worth your time. That does not mean that all of us are like that. First of all, I said, and second of all, at the end of the day, if you got into some shit. And you needed to be defended. A black woman is going to give her life to defend you. Because at the end of the day, the police officers, they may not think twice, but they think once and a half. When it comes to women. When it comes to you as a black man, they don't even think. They just do. And they shoot. They don't ask questions, nothing. They just do. So, yes, a black man, a black woman who knows what you go through and who knows a little bit of the fear you may experience and a little bit of the triumphs that you go through and just a little bit of what it's like to 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 feel like nothing in a world that, t- that breaks you down every day, she's going to make sure she can build you up. The right black woman. I said, versus you going to get with a white woman, she doesn't understand you. She doesn't understand your struggle. She doesn't understand your family. She doesn't understand where you come from she doesn't understand your food she doesn't understand your culture she doesn't understand your guy she doesn't understand your clothes she doesn't understand anything about you you put that in your life and then you fall in love with that completely forgetting everything that you've come from I said it don't work like that I said because at the end of the day she's not gonna risk her life for you especially those type of white women now listen I have two caveats if my son bring home a white woman that's like Tina Marie with a little Rachel Dollars all attitude, like, you know, if white people is all black, that's one. And I've been watching Real Housewives of Dubai with my girl. And if my daughter bring home one of those white men, hey, I don't know. Those are some different type of white men <laughs> in Dubai with those sisters. Like, like there was this was the first time I seen a franchise where the housewives are actual housewives, mm. and these white men are actually funding their dreams and businesses. I don't have not seen that nowhere else in nowhere the world, else. but in Dubai. I need to. I might need to watch that. Thing. <laughs> watch it. I might need to watch that. You show one of those white men, I wouldn't even hate you, Kree. I'd be like, I understand. All and right. and so and that's what I was telling him because I was like, I feel like black women and. Black men date outside of their race for different reasons. And I told him, I said, black women do it as a last resort. I said, black women, black women ain't waking up saying, let me go get with a white man. Either that or they want to be the vice president. Right. I said, thank you. I said, "The, the black women in these powerful positions, they were playing chess. That's it. It was a business move. They didn't wake up and say, oh, hey, I want to go be with a white man. No. They did what they needed to do to fit into that piece of the puzzle. That's it. I said, versus black men, black men do it either one out of spite, one out of hatred, two um, because they're trying to fall in love. Black women don't be out here falling in love with these white men. Over, over some years, though, over time, yes. But after like two, three dates and after like a year, it's like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, I have to, they, their love is a overtime love. Black men get with these white girls and they be in love. So in love that they can't play smart. They, they don't, they're playing che- Uno with che- checker pieces. Like 
And it's like, you can't do that. You can't, like the little boy that just went missing up at the, at the, they were on tubing on the river or something. I think he was like, he was a young, like 18 or 20 something, either way, went missing. They were looking for him for uh, some days, finally found him like two miles from that, the house, the girlfriend's house. The girlfriend was white. And I'm like, how many more stories are we going to have to see before y'all get it through y'all thick ass skulls that that's not what you're supposed to be doing? Yeah, remember that one brother we talked about? Right? Like, how how many more? So you just think you're just invincible. You think your dick is that good that nothing can happen to you. And that's the that's goes back to my point because a black woman is not going to let you be out here making dumb decisions. Yes, you got some black women that will because, you know what I'm saying, everybody ain't. But for the most part, a black woman is not going to let you just be out here thinking that the world is just this magical place with kisses and berries and hugs and kisses. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that uh, overall, when I see sisters do it, it's like a last resort. A last resort. And, and it's more about, too, who bends to whose will. Right. Know, like, because you also can get with a white girl, right? But you're still on code. Because, you know, I, there's, everything's not absolute. So I will, right. I do have wiggle room. And I'm not the type of person that, well, let me be real. I am the type of person that there's some things you can't say to me Yeah. if you have a white wife. Yeah. Like, I'm very clear on that. White wife or white husband or dating outside your race, we, we, can, we can be cool. And we can be the best of friends. But there are certain things I just don't even want to have a conversation about. Yeah, no. And we can't because of your situation. Cool. But, like, on the other side, man, these brothers, I, I I just feel like half of it is, like, on some cooning stuff. The other half is on some resentful stuff. And if they really look deep, like, at the scale, what normally happens with black women is that the richer that you are, you see more of those fellas with black women. Like right. I said, the white men in Dubai. Right. The rich white people, right. like, movie directors. A lot of them are married to black women because right. a black they, woman is not manipulative. They understand the. Girls, they understand. And it, it's like, like it's silence. So they do it in silence. So yeah, while you say a black woman is loud, she better be. Hey, listen, that's why I fuck with Russell Wilson on that tip. Because he left that white girl and got with Sierra. And and life has been good. And life has like, been great. And, and I told Shout the to guy, because we went, the guy and I, have been on a few dates or whatever. And either way, we went out to this bar once. And it was like a predominantly white bar. But we get up to the bar. And the bartender, who was white, act like she didn't see us. Now, mind you, I'm 5'11". The guy I was with is 6'5". So it's not like you just don't see our big asses in this bar. Like, you can see us outside. Okay? We're the two biggest motherfuckers in here. And you like, you don't see us? So... She literally acts like she don't see us. I'm saying other people walk up to the bar. She's asking them how their day is, getting them drink, like literally. So I looked at her, and I looked at him, and I was like, "Am I missing something here?" And he was like, "Yeah, bro. Like she, she like why she not at like what?" And so I'm not saying he's passive, but he's a black man in an all white establishment. Like I feel like. He, I don't want to say he knew his place, but 
in society, I felt like he instantly just became that. Let me just not make a scene. Let me be quiet. Yes. He he came he became very reserved. So y'all stayed. No, we we stayed because I had to check her ass. And you spent money. Let me finish. Mm. We did we did spend money. Now I think about it. I think this was the only bar that was open, and we were on some little like island thing. Either way, you're right. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. So I said, excuse me, ma'am. Oh, oh my gosh. Hi. I was like, um, do you work here? And she she looked at me. She's like, what? I was like, do you work here? And she was like, yeah. I said, oh, okay, so can we order drinks? And she was like, um, she was still taken aback by me asking her if she worked here. And um, I was like, so can we order something? And she's like, um, yeah. Um, what can I get you? I said, well, do you know how to make a Long Island? And she's like, she still can't. She's like, why is she asking me these questions? And she's like, um, yeah, of course. I said, oh, okay, because you couldn't greet us. So I just had to make sure that you knew how to do your job. <laughs> and she literally looked at me and he looked at me and I was like, yep, that's what we'll have. Thank you. And so I brought that point up to him when we were talking and I said, you remember what I did when we were at that bar and that lady act like she didn't see us and she was being very disregarding. I said, now go and be with a white woman and somebody disrespects you like that because of the color of your skin. I guarantee you, she's not going to say anything. She's going to sit there and she's going to let it happen. Let it happen. Hell might even, you know, cause I hate when I hear the confrontation and the white girl being in the background, just listen, just calm down. You be like, bitch, and it's like, bro, shut the fuck they're, up. They're on me. I'm not even doing. But see, the other point is, when I'm in those situations, I don't even spend money. I, I leave. And I know yeah. what you mean, too. Like, it's been, I've been with my daughter sometimes, and it, and it might be the only place that we can go for a couple miles or whatever. And somebody would disrespect, or I would feel it, feel it off. We was at Panda Express, and the white guy was like, you need to move out the line and get to the side, because we don't have the food ready yet. Uh, and you need to go ahead and pay. And I was like, I'm not paying until I see the food get put in the container because what if I don't let what y'all do to the food? Right. Oh, well, that's how we do it. I said, nah, I've been here plenty of times. Now you do it. Oh, well, I said, don't even worry about it. And me and my daughter left. Now, my daughter was looking like, damn, dad. You you <laughs> I'm starving. Damn, starving. daddy. I'm starving. You said you really wanted some fried rice. And I said, yeah, but I don't want to give them my money yeah. and be disrespected. I will go some, I will make yeah. my, I will go to Kroger and buy my own fried rice and, and make, make it in that the house shit, yeah. before I even giddy cracking some of my, I mean, my back. <laughs> yeah. Giddy folks some of my money. You know what I'm saying? And that's just how, how I would be. So I understand what you're saying. I saw a situation in Henry County. The brother about to get locked up. The white lady said that she touched. He touched her butt. Oh, I think I do remember seen seeing that. that. And his girlfriend, like, cause it hurt the white lady's husband was the sheriff. So she turns to the sheriff, "Hey, you need to get on him." The black guy was like, "I didn't even touch." Like the security camera even showed that he didn't touch. Wow. But they still try to lock him up. And when I said that black woman hopped up. The black woman hopped up, started recording. They tried to. It got so messy. They took the lady's phone and just threw it in the cop car with another in, with another person that was already in there because some cops oh, pulled up. Wow! The inmate is in jail with the lady's phone. Like you can see some more recording of the inmate in jail with the phone because wow. they just the the lady right. just snatched it and threw it in the car. And you just see the sister like trying to save her man. Of course, they moved her out the way. But to your point, not to say you won't find anybody out your race to hold you down like that. 
but it's a higher It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. And even if they do hold you down, they're holding you down because they know that they can. So it's not y'all fighting and y'all in this together. It's she's doing, she's fighting a different fight than what I'm fighting. Like a white lady that helped Brian Nichols, like, look, just give it up. Like it's like it's like me and you not in this together. You using your privilege. You can get out of this. They're trying to kill me. Like, this it's not the same. Y'all are in an argument. I'm fighting for my life right now. That's like that's how deep it is. Yesterday I literally held up traffic because I saw an officer talking to this lady at the bus stop. I didn't know what the fuck he was doing. I didn't know what I didn't know what was going on, but I sat there and I watched because I'm like, this lady be at this bus stop every day. What, who are you? What the why the fuck are you over here? Cause I ain't never seen you over here. So why are you over here? Because I drive past this bus stop. I drive by her every single day. And it's like stuff like that. So if you are black. Or white or whatever your whatever is and you see a black person pulled over, slow down, slow down and see what the hell is going on. Ask them if they're okay, but in because at the end of the day, the police are here to serve and protect. Serve first. They're here to serve and protect, not kill and then hide their hand or throw rocks and hide their hand or whatever the scene is. Not do that. And so it's like, it is our job, like Keith was saying earlier, it is our job as the people to be for the people and to come together as people and to not forget where we come from, to give back to our communities, to speak up not only when spoken to, speak up when they think that you're not listening. Listen when they think that you're not listening. Talk about it when when no one's listening. Like, talk about it when no one's listening because I guarantee you it's going to be someone that hears at least a piece of it. And it's all about your, your power, the power in your words, the power in your voice. Because I'm telling y'all, man, life is getting, life is lifing. Life is <laughs> lifing right now. <laughs> To a whole new magnitude, gas prices are about to be ten dollars in LA. Ten dollars. Gas prices is five dollars here. I never thought I'd see this. Like five dollars, and this is just the beginning. Like we only in June. You mean tell me we got another six more months in this year, and we're only at five dollars a gallon? Do you realize what is going on right now? It's so much going on. And you care, and you don't even use gas. Right, I don't you, even, I don't that's, even use gas. That's being on code. That's like caring about the people. Like, yeah. and I'm just like, damn, like, I can't even give out a five dollar gas car or ten dollar gas car because that's not gonna do shit. Shout out to Herschel Walker. That nigga getting out fifty. Like, <laughs> like it's just like, what, what can you do? Yeah, I mean. One one thing I definitely want people to do though is realize where we're at right now, and truth be told, I mean, don't let these people scare you. And that's another because thing. We're gonna we're gonna make it through. It's, it's it's probably gonna get a lot worse, but I know for sure, especially us as black people, we are very resilient when we come together. I think the pandemic showed us that, but I think now that we're not, see, black people, what we really have to do is get better at self-regulating ourselves 
Yeah. Because when the government put us on a pandemic lockdown, we were very coming together. We were very on the Zooms. And mm-hmm. let's, hell, niggas was even starting Susus. Now, I know Susus, that's normally a uh, a different culture thing. I'm from Charleston, so mm. we've seen Susus around. My family has a, the women in my family have a Susu. <laughs> the men ain't in it. But there was even Susus going around. Like that's fit. That's economic empowerment. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And people don't know what a susu is. That's when you saw the the spin wheel. It's like oh, put in a, everybody puts in a hundred dollars this month, and then one person gets. Now it ended up becoming a scam wheel because mm. people start scamming. But if you do it with trusted people, five to ten individuals, that's five hundred dollars a month going going to somebody for somebody and yeah every month you know it's gonna go to somebody and then not only does it go to that person that person can do business with you right and spend that 500 with you so you're it's staying in and you do that for a year and you can come up but i still have to say now we're not regulated yeah now we're not forced to be in the house but why would we be regulated when it's just really crazy the we amount like we should be in the house. Like if you want to save gas, you want to save money, you want to save food, stay your ass in the house. Because during the pandemic, a lot of people were losing weight, a lot of people were getting their life together. Life together. Even yeah. if you was gaining weight, it was because you was only eating was at the house. Like you, yeah. you weren't fast fooding it, you were shopping at the grocery store, right? Trying new recipes, but saving hella money. But I'm saying this goes back to just the the people in po- positions of influence. Of grand influence. Because, yeah, you have influence. Yeah, I have influence. But I'm saying those people with grand influence that are not challenging people to live differently, are not asking questions. Everybody's just moving. Just moving. The like, bag, the bag, the bag. The ba- it's it's literally, the bag. I feel like the time we're living in, I personally, I love Drake's album. I think it sends... A very, me too. It it sends a message that I feel like a lot of people are missing, because the name of it is what's the name of it? <laughs> honestly, never mind. Honestly, never mind. And so with honestly, never mind, it's like I was about to say something, but you know what? You're not gonna get it, so never mind. And it's like you know what? I was gonna do this. Like Drake's is saying, I was gonna do this. But you know what? Never mind. Let me do this. And if you listen to the music, yeah, he has this beat, these different beats that you're not really used to. But I feel like that's what the world is doing anyway. The world is just jumping up and down anyway. And then you have these messages that are these signs that are everywhere. These deep, deep lyrics. Because when you listen to the actual words, he's really talking about real shit. But if you're not paying attention, you'll get swept up in the beat and you'll just start dancing and you'll miss every sign that comes your way. And I'm just like, the the symbolism in this album is genius. And I don't know if that's what he did, but that's what I, that's when I listen to it. I'm like, wow, he's literally like saying so much without saying anything. I, I, I think... That's a perfect analysis. I, I seen this uh, documentary on Netflix, something about racism. I can't remember the full mm-hmm. name of it, but it's new. Um, I'd say everybody should watch it because Buddy 
It's called what? Oh, I I saw it. The black guy, he's kind of like narrating different. Yeah, I haven't glasses, fi- yep. I good. haven't finished it, but I think I'm more I'm in like the middle part. He's but yeah, because at first I was like, because oh, he comes off like, oh, I went to Harvard, I'm educated. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, here you go. You switch it up on. Hey, nah, black people didn't get what they were supposed to get. Yeah, I was bringing that up because he had this diagram where he was talking about the tipping point. You know, we've been there about two times in the society. Like we were there after Reconstruction when. You know, we were starting to get some of the money we were supposed to get. Mm-hmm. We had all these elected officials and all these black people registered to vote. And then by the two years later, mm-hmm. 2% of those people registered mm. to vote because of Ku Klux Klan, right. killing, scary, all. So, like, you know, the ball rolls back down. Same other time, Martin Luther King, the 60s, JFK, all that. And they killed all those people. Rolling point. And he says, now we're here. Right now, we're literally at another tipping point. So sometimes I try to understand people because I think that a lot of people, especially older people, they've seen the ball roll back. Mm-hmm. They don't think there's enough force to actually tip it over. Mm-hmm. And when that ball rolls back, a lot of people get hurt on the way down. So if I know we're at a tipping point right now, I think a lot of people know we're there and they're trying to make a decision. Do I help push this ball over? Do I do nothing? Or do I fortify myself? Do I just get out the fucking way of the ball? Let me not even, let me just get my bag. Let me not even yeah. get in the way. Let me just keep gathering with all these people who also just want to stay out the way and not make too many waves and, you know, just try to lessen the blow when the ball rolls back. But if See, I don't agree just, with that. I mean, I don't either. I wish the people would just push. Through. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I felt and set it off where, uh, Queen Latifah was like, she ain't do shit, so she ain't getting shit. I'm sorry. We can't. Nah. No. That lives rent free in my head. She ain't do shit, so she ain't getting shit. <laughs> that's fucked up. I don't. That was, I don't. That was difficult, though, but that's fucked up. That oh, fucked oh, up. yeah. That was fucked up. I don't need nobody that's going to stay out the way. I need you doing something. Because at the end of the day, it is a war going on. And everybody is a soldier. Your kids are a soldier. When they go to school, you don't know if they come the fuck home. When you go to church, you could get bombed in the middle of your motherfucking prayer. You could go to work and the building could fall down. We've seen it happen multiple times. So we are in a war. So if you tell me you there's nothing you could do, shit, you be scrolling on that phone. There's something you can do. You have the energy. It's just misplaced. So there's no way I'm going to risk my life to push this ball over. And because you're scared and you don't know what to do, you're just going to stand out the way. You're in the way by standing out the way. Well, and then that's the other part, too, because those people thinking that they're going to get out the way and go on the other side. When the ball rolls down, they're going to be the first. Andrew Gillum. Did you see that in the news? What happened to Andrew mm-mm, Gillum? Mm-mm. So you know who Andrew Gillum is. So you remember when Stacey ran the first time? Yeah. He was the black guy in Florida that mm. was for governor. Okay. That almost could have won. Yeah. But then got caught up in that allegation. Right. They, the right. allegation that had pictures of him. And my thing is, if you know you done did some shit, they're going to find it. Why wouldn't you either come say it yourself so they don't have nothing against you or... Don't run at all if you know you got some shit like that. And then, you know, he came out, you know, as bisexual and then, you know, LGBT and then still stomping for the Democrats. But uh, recently, uh, the feds, Joe Biden's federal judicial system that hit this man with 21 counts of indictment of fed charges. Like, 
um, wire fraud and mm. stuff. Basically trying to say he misappropriated political funds, but it's like, you know, another case of when you are not with the people for the people and now you need the people, it's like, Nah, nigga, bye. Brother, bye. Dude. You want to stay out the way so much, stay out the way. Like, don't don't bring that shit over here. And that's that's what I think the problem is. We be trying to invite everybody to the cookout. No, you cannot come. Yeah, or we just don't stand like, you know, sorry about the Stacey Abrams, but you know, when I like when I tell people about my political action, it's more local. Anything national, unless they directly gonna do something for black people for me, I can't rock with you. And then when I hear you get on the 85 South show and say, well, you know, we can't really do that much for black people because, you know, we only make up 10 to 12% of the population. But, Shelly, that's national. You running for governor in Georgia. In Georgia. We got 34, 35% black people here. We got enough to change your whole and so, political campaign. And, and those are the people that you're targeting. So it's like, no, again, bro, you cannot. It is your, it is your response. If you're going to take a position a public position of power, a public position of influence. Yes, your job is your job description. Your the whole white, the little whatever the fuck the title is. Your job is also to take care of the people that put you there. Yeah, I think uh, I think a good example of this is Beyonce. I think if you look at because Honey be giving back to Houston, Honey. Well, not even just that, like her switch, right, like. This high rising R and B diva. I mean, single ladies had white women everywhere. I mean, white white women and white men because white men was doing the single ladies dance too. Everything, and then she switches up and comes out with that formation and lemonade. And I, I always remember that uh, SNL skit when they were like, "Oh, Beyonce is black." Cause, you know, <laughs> right, cause when, right. When that lemonade dropped, they were like, "Whoa, this is a." It was like this, a, is very, oh, this, this isn't what we um. Mm. She likes her man head nappy, nose big. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's you talking very black. You talking generational curve. You talking about breaking curve. I thought she was a single lady, right? But she stayed down, and then she's been with the people ever since. And that's why I the mean the beehive grew grew even bigger ever. When I say ever since, and she put her man on too, it, like ever since, and it's just like. So I feel like other celebrities, other people should take that cue because if not, you're going to be looking like the Obamas. And now when Barack show up, black people don't get excited no more. You ain't really seen Barack on the scene like that. Because right? for what? For what? Exactly. But my thing is that we can't keep waiting to till it's too late because it's too late for you to not be excited about Obama. Like, it's too late, realistically. Like, he's made his money. He's made his fortune. He's made his legacy. Like, who gives a fuck if anybody's excited to see me? Like, the fuck? Keep that same energy. Like, they show you who they are once. Like, as much faith as we be having in the people that we don't need to have in, we need to start having some of that faith in ourselves. And get rid of the fear. Like, don't let these people scare you. And it's really fear. This, we, this we, we done been through. I feel like Trump era was the worst. And we survived. That you can't scare me no more. Cause right. what, like what else are you really are you really gonna put change laws that much? Because trust and believe, if you change the laws to where you roll it back to where it's supposed to be like slaves again, I've heard way too many niggas in my circumference that say if I was a slave back in the day, I'd be doing this. 
I'll be doing that. So, hey, try to roll it back. A lot of these niggas say they're going to be revolting. That's what they say. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, I'm not But scared. it's like, <laughs> that's what you say, but still not really understanding how... You'll get a shot. Police... No. How... how you have all that energy for the what ifs, but no energy for the right nows. Like you can't, oh, if I, if, if, okay, well, let's not focus on the if. Let's focus on the what's literally going on right now because there's no reason why police should feel comfortable coming into a hood that they're not from, they don't know nothing about, killing somebody, going home, sleeping good, and getting paid. You, you what? There should be repercussions for that. There should be repercussions if a white racist comes over here and thinking that they about to get some shit. There should be repercussions for you buying a house. For you buying, oh, you you think you about to buy this? this you think you about to buy my grandma's house? Nah, that's not what we about to do. You've seen, I mean, they got convicted, but you've seen a lot of white men in particular, not even law enforcement, from Trayvon Martin to mm-hmm. Armand Arbery, trying to quote-unquote protect their neighborhood of you look suspicious, what you doing in that house, you know what? Let me, so like you say, where's that energy on that Where's side? that? It's, yeah. it's like everybody else has the energy to protect themselves and their own, but us. I'm, I'm going to say this before you wrap up. I was just asking somebody, why is Atlanta the only city where it seems like niggas don't got to check in? Like, you know, you hear about like Detroit or Houston or hell, even L.A., you don't even, New York even, like, you never hear about, oh, I can just pull up and buy a house. And yep. and if you do, you mess around and it, like, pops smoke. So it's crazy. But when you come to Atlanta, it's like you can be from anywhere. It's free for all. Set you up a do. business. Set up a house. And nobody. Oh, it, because there's no. Killer Mike stamped you and said you could be here. There's like, no precedence. The yeah. precedence is false. There's false precedence everywhere. Hey man, everywhere you go. R.I.P. Shawty Low, man. Shawty Low was the last person I know. You like, said, folks, check in. You want to go to bank in. Like, it's like, what? Like, how dare Damn. you? Excuse me? Like, are you serious right now? Even with trouble. Rest in peace to trouble. But it's just like. It's a fine line between forgetting where you come from and forgetting who you've become. Because there's no reason why at your level of success, driving a yellow Lamborghini, you should ever be at an apartment complex. Exactly. So that lets me know, one, you forgot where you came from. And two, you forgot who you are. You can't do that. You literally cannot do that. And I don't under, I don't, that's just goes the lack of precedence. Mm-hmm. It's like, you cannot ever forget who you are and forget where you came from. Man, people out here still hungry. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, you look like food. Even if that, even if it wasn't that, somebody would have bust that. Like, like, like it's like there were so many warning signs, but the fact that you didn't see it because the world we live in, it is not cool to be conscious. Like that could, like that could have been avoided in so many ways, but because you forgot for a second who you are, who you have become, the legacy that you were building, because you forgot for literally a second. And you forgot where you came from. 
like, like, I'm just like, I, I have no words. I have absolutely no words. And it's just like, I'm getting tired of posting about people that I have met that have died. Like, in my opinion, that's embarrassing. That's, it's quite embarrassing to have met people and they, they keep getting killed. That's not, and yet I see all these people posting how, when they met them, when they met them, their pictures with them. I'm like, I refuse to post that because that's embarrassing. Out of all the different music communities, the genres, rap is the only one where the artists have to die so they can live. That's the only one. The only one. Because white people don't go through shit. They all they talk about fucking love songs. That's the only thing. Heartbreak. That's the only thing they talk about. Yeah, or, or they're like, they'll martyr themselves like a Kurt Cobain. Right. Like it's like, like it's like, you don't hear about white artists dying, overdosing, yeah. But being killed left and right, like you lose like a white artist every like two, three years. You lose on average a smooth five black artists every year. Well, that's major because I extrapolate that to about 20. Because, like, I always, I be on YouTube heavy, so, like, I watch these little hood vlogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I get caught up, though, because I'm watching these young niggas. They're telling you on YouTube, this the dope spot, this the weed spot. That's the first messed up part. But then the second part is they got their own music. Each one of those videos had a nigga in that crew that had their own music that the whole crew knew. And then six months later, when somebody in that crew got shot, it's like, another rapper. And then that's the song that becomes popular. That becomes after you done got So popped. now that I'm dead, I, I finally get to live my dreams. What the fuck? Like, it's like, it just. And it's no coincidence that these record labels will come to your hood, give you a million dollars advance, and let you keep being on that bullshit because you about to get shot anyways. And we better make all and this they, money. Right. You, you and they got a life insurance policy out on you probably so. So they're... They, and, and that's they what, I, your that's what I've been saying. Like, the house is going to win every single time, 10 times over. There's no way they're going to pay you anything remotely close to what you are worth or what they're making. They wasn't even paying the slaves. They literally weren't even paying them. And they were making hella fucking money. I'm telling you, that this was this was not indentured servitude. This was free labor written into the Constitution. Free, free labor. So imagine going to work every day for free. You're not getting no check, nothing, and you got to pay these gas prices, and you don't have no money. Imagine. <laughs> On top of that, imagine your job is picking cotton. That barely weighs anything in your fucking hand. And you got to have pounds of this Pounds shit. every day. And you got to weigh it in. And if you don't meet that, you get whooped. Motherfuckers don't even like when people don't respond to their email in a timely fashion. I couldn't imagine you not liking. I, c- I couldn't imagine you going to get a hundred lashings. I couldn't imagine they cutting your feet off because you tried to run. They're stabbing your teeth out because you talked back. They're torturing you. Like, I couldn't. They're tying your limbs to a horse and beating the horse until they pull you apart. I couldn't imagine. And you have the audacity to go and sleep with a white woman? 
Uh, are you talking about slavery? You talking about in slavery times? You talking about recently? Because you know that happened around 2015. I'm talking about. I'm talking about all of it. That's what I'm saying. Is that the irony is just like, so crazy. You have the so you you think it's it's okay to go and 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 procreate like because you speak because black women are crazy, but they literally watched as they strung you up from a tree and ate watermelon and caught and, and had a whole picnic around a tree that. You were hanging from, and that's okay. That's that's fine with you, though. And, I mean, I ain't gonna lie. The other conversation, we probably ain't trying to unpack it, but overall, I feel like niggas who said that about black women are just weak. Yeah, no. be told. Definitely. A, a black woman really only will submit to a real nigga, and, and that's in any kind of capacity. And I feel like if your whole problem is, well, I, I date the white girls, but the black girls be tripping. Nah, bro. I, I, in the back of my head, I'm always looking at them sideways like, yeah, you have you. You little weak because there's no way. Even if you have all the money in the world, so you feel, there's no way you wouldn't choose a black woman because billionaires with a B, they choose black women, and they obviously know what they're talking about because they they ain't get a billion dollars just by getting a billion dollars. So they know they know a little something something like, whoo child. Either way, this was a great episode. This was a great 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 episode. I hope y'all have a great weekend. Happy Friday. This was Cool and Conscious, another pot episode on a black-owned, black-run media company. Shout-out to Just Eldridge Media. Make sure you follow them. Shout-out to Cool and Conscious. Make sure you follow the podcast page. And shout-out to me, uh, the host, Questions with Cree. That's Questions with Q-R-I. Um, every Friday, Cool and Conscious. We're talking about it. We're being about it. Um, and, yeah, I think that's it. Thank you guys so much. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in every Friday. It's a cool and conscious podcast.